Blog Talk Radio. Now broadcast. My name is James Brandt, and I'm coming to you live from Clarkston, Michigan, right now. And I'm going to be with you for the next hour. We're going to be pulling down strongholds in the name of Jesus. And my prayer is wherever you are listening to this, whether you're listening live, whether you're listening to the archived version of this broadcast, I pray that the presence of The glory of God would fill the place where you are at right now. And I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened right now. And a spirit of wisdom and revelation would come upon you. I have a word to share that I believe is going to be a blessing to you. But before I get started with that, I want to make a couple announcements here. We have some events coming up that I want you to be a part of. Uh, The Detroit, Michigan Revival Experience is going to be Sunday, March 24th, Sunday, March 24th at 7 p.m. in Rochester Hills, Michigan. Come on, Detroit, Michigan area, you need to get here. I'm telling you, these revival experiences, these meetings are absolutely powerful. God shows up in a mighty way. So the next Detroit, Michigan area revival experience is, again, Sunday, March 24th at 7 p.m. And my cousin, Lee Hotchkiss, is also going to be joining me. We're going to do a little tag team preaching. And I'm telling you, you are going to be blessed because he is a powerful man of God, and he's going to be coming with a word also. Um, And that's going to be at the Concord Inn in Rochester Hills. 
Uh, next, Los Angeles, California area. I'm coming back. Uh, I believe this is like my fifth revival experience that I, I have, I'm going to be doing in the Los Angeles area. The Los Angeles Revival Experience is Sunday. We're doing something a little different. All of the other ones have been on a Saturday night. Well, because of conflicts with the, the conference room at the hotel where I do the meeting, uh, we chose to do a Sunday morning revival experience, and that is going to be on Sunday April 21st at 9 a.m., and that's going to be at the Courtyard Marriott uh, by the Santa Ana John Wayne Airport, uh, Santa Ana, California. So come on out. There is a group of people who show up to these meetings, and they are on fire for the Lord. So you know what? I, I, I keep feeling draw, uh, drawn back to the Los Angeles area. So if you're in on, on the West Coast, if you're near that area, wherever you're at in the United States, you know what? You're only one or two flights away from the Los Angeles area. Get there. Get there with me, and uh, we're going to have a powerful time in the Lord. Next, the next event is Saturday, May 4th, begins at 6 p.m. Uh, me and Marianne Marsh, a powerful woman of God, we are going to be doing an Extreme Glory and Fire Conference in Mayville, Michigan, at Spring of Life Community Church. Now, Mayville, Michigan, uh, it's a small town. It's just north of Lapeer, Michigan. Um, I guess you, you might even consider it kind of near the Flint area. So uh, I want to encourage you. It is going to be a powerful night, the Extreme Glory and Fire Conference, Saturday, May 4th. It begins at 6 p.m. Marianne Marsh, she's going to be, uh, begin ministering at 6 p.m., and I'm going to begin uh, after her. But I'm telling you right now, these the revival experience, this conference, wherever I go to minister, I come and I take the uh, just the chains off, uh, no holds barred. I come with pure faith, believing that God is going to touch every single person in a mighty way. I'm telling you right now, my faith level is so high. I'm just be I believe for the impossible. And, uh, you know, God has just proven himself time and time and time again. I'm telling you, the book of Acts comes to life. The, the, the accounts that you read in the word of God, you know, God is still doing them today. For some reason, so many people think that God is dead or that era is over. But I'm telling you right now. He is the God of the impossible, and we need to be people of the impossible. We are his body. We are his people. We have to believe him for the impossible. Listen, believing for the impossible should be normal for the Christian. So, uh, Sunday, Sunday night, March 24th, 7 p.m., the Detroit Area Revival Experience in Rochester Hills. Sunday morning, April 21st at 9 a.m. in Santa Ana, California, uh, is a revival experience. And then the Extreme Glory and Fire Conference, Saturday night, May 4th, begins at 6 p.m. So get there. Also, I want to encourage you to go to uh, one of my websites, uh, www.revivalpodcast.com. 
org. On the top left of that website, you can sign up for the uh, for the free email list where I update you on all of the events, send out teachings, whatever the Holy Spirit leads me to send out to the partners of this ministry. I send it out. So I want you to go to revivalpodcast.org. Uh, you can listen to many past sermons. You can go to jamesbrant.org or revivalchristian.org. Brings you to the same website. And there's even more sermons on that page. Most of them are from when I pastored on the west side of Michigan. And uh, you will be blessed. God is using the, those websites in a powerful way. Now listen, today I want to talk to you about how to set God free. Now, I love, I love that title. The Holy Ghost gave me that title. How to set God free. Now, I'll tell you right now, that title goes against everything that you have ever heard, ever learned about God. I'm telling you right now, it, it, this how to set God free, because many times we're thinking, well, we need to be set free. But I want to I twist the tables a little bit here, and I want to talk about how to set God free. If you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I want to look at uh, verses 1 through 5. Trust me, by the end of this broadcast, you are going to be so full. You're going to be full. And I believe you're going to have a desire to do the impossible. The Word of God says this, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Verse 4, listen to this. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of, of men, but in the power of God. Too many Christians are putting their faith, which what they think is faith, in the wisdom of men. God is not looking for your wisdom to help him out. Your faith needs to be in his strength, in his power, not your human wisdom. Look at 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20. It says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Listen to this. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to give you some nuggets, and I, and I pray that they just get engrafted in your heart. God has never asked or required the body of Christ to advance his kingdom with human wisdom, but rather with his power. Because the kingdom of God is not words, but it's power. It comes in power. The kingdom of God. How do you know when the kingdom, kingdom of God is present? Because it always comes in power, and it pushes Satan right out of the place. 
and it sets the captives free. See, listen to this. God is more than willing to manifest his presence, to manifest his glory, to manifest miracles, signs, and wonders. Many times people are begging, God, please, please do this. Oh, do this. God, please manifest your presence. Oh, well, listen to me. God doesn't respond to begging. He responds to faith. And he's more than willing to manifest those things in our life. But he is hindered by our unbelief. He's hindered by our unwillingness to go beyond our comfort zones. He's hindered by the idols that we hold on to in our heart. What's an idol? An idol is anything that replaces God in the throne of your heart. Let me say that again. An idol is anything that replaces God in the throne of your heart. It's interesting. In the last verse of the book of 1 John, the Holy Spirit throws out a warning to Christians. You know what it is? It says, little children, talking to Christians, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. That is from the Holy Ghost to the body of Christ. Why? Because holding on to idols in your life is like a dam. It holds back the power of God. It holds back the anointing of God in your life. The Word of God says that the eyes of God look to and fro over the whole earth looking for those who believe Him. Looking for those They have a a pure heart to set him free to move through them. I'm talking about, now, how to set God free? How to set God free? What I'm talking about is how to set him free to flow through you. That's what I'm talking about today. You know, there's something about... Verbally acknowledging God that draws his manifest presence, that draws his holy angels into our situations. Our spoken words are powerful. They either bless or they curse. They either invite or give permission to the kingdom of God, or they invite or give permission or access to the kingdom of Satan. Turn with me to Matthew, Matthew chapter 16. Let me show you something here. Words from the Master, the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. Jesus said these words. He said, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Who? To his people, to his body, to his followers. And I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. See, God gave us, the, gave us keys as Christians. Now, we must use them wisely. See, it's a spiritual law. Spiritual law... Like the power of our words, the power of the spoken word, that's a spiritual law. 
What does that mean? It means it can be used for good, and it can be used for evil. It's up to you. By your free will, you either activate the kingdom of God in your life and in situations, or you activate the kingdom of Satan. There's two kingdoms, and you will only activate one at a time. But I'm telling you, there's something about verbally acknowledging, inviting God into your life, into your situation. I found I find out I found out that when I simply verbally invite his manifest presence and glory into a place, he shows up. Have you ever done that before? I mean, it sounds so simple. You're like, "Oh, yeah, really?" No, I'm I'm telling you the truth. When I come into my apartment and I speak Heavenly Father, just fill this place with your manifest presence, with your glory, with your holy angels. Just fill this place. I'm telling you right now, the atmosphere changes. Why? Because there's power in the spoken word. Did you know words are a spiritual force? They're not just a natural thing. They're a spiritual force. What do I mean by that? Because words originate in your spirit, man. Words originate in your spirit, man. How do I know that? Because I've never been to a funeral and heard a dead body speak. Why? Because their spirit, man, is not in their physical body. So words originate in your spirit, man, and words are a spiritual force. And your words attract either one of two spiritual kingdoms. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of Satan. It's your choice. But when I just invite him into a place, like before we start uh, our revival experiences, before I, we start, I start ministering, I invite him. And the atmosphere changes. It, it, the, atmos- the atmosphere starts to feel like thick, almost like a fog or a cloud is forming in that place. I'm telling you right now, God is more than willing to manifest his presence, his glory, his power, miracles, signs, and wonders in your life. Have you ever invited him? Think about it. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 5, 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 13 through 14. It says, indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. Notice, they were, it, it was words. They were praising. They were thanking God verbally. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Because they were praising and worshiping and verbalizing it, 
And another key, they were in unity. They were all doing it together. God says, hey, this is an atmosphere that I want to come down into because God inhabits the praises of his people, the word of God says. And so a cloud started to form. I've seen that before. That has happened. God is still doing that today. His glory, his manifest presence, they call it, was filling the place like a cloud. It changed the atmosphere. Listen to me. Spending time in the presence of God will change you from the inside out. Spending time in the presence of God will cause your God-given purpose to rise up on the inside of you. You, the real you begins to manifest after you become born again and you start to grow in God. I'm telling you right now, I, I, I just recently on Facebook put a, um, a status about placing yourself. You need a spiritual jump start? Then place yourself in an atmosphere of revival, an atmosphere where the presence of God is invited, is welcome there, where the Holy Spirit can move freely. I'm telling you right now, if you want a plant to grow, you've got to put it in the right atmosphere. If you want to grow as a Christian, you've got to plant the seed of God's word in your heart. And you've got to put yourself in the atmosphere of his manifest presence. And I'm telling you right now, the real you begins to come up. Like the world, before you're born again, you know, you, you know the, the world knows you as one person. And then you get born again and you change. And, and the world's like, hey, w- w- why did you change so much? No, no, what you need to tell them is, no, this is the real me. This is my God-given purpose rising up on the inside of me. This is who God created me to be from the beginning. That old me, that, that sinful me, that, that's not the real me. This is the real me. I'm getting back. I'm getting back to what God created me to be. And I'll be back in a moment. in Michigan sharing the word of the Lord to you today. I'm talking about how to set God free. And before the break, I was talking about his presence, how his presence changes you from the inside out. You cannot stay in the manifest presence of God and not leave changed. I'm telling you, eventually, the presence of God being in that atmosphere, it chips away at the hardness of heart. 
Just keep bringing that loved one to, ch- to the church. Keep bringing that loved one to the meetings. I'm telling you what, it will cut through the hardness of heart. I've seen it when I pastored. Oh, my. There were people who were so hardened against uh, uh, the Lord and, and not living for the Lord, but they kept bringing their loved ones even against their will. They didn't want to be there. But because I was willing to allow the Holy Ghost move to move freely and inviting the presence of God, I'm telling you, that individual, those individuals, they lit on fire for the Lord. I'm telling you, I truly believe one of the missing ingredients in our local churches today is a willingness to drop our order of service and take up the Holy Ghost order of service and allow his presence to manifest, and it changes lives. Look at Acts chapter 4. Go there with me if you have your Bibles. Acts chapter 4. And I want to look at uh, verses 13 through 14. This is powerful. Let's see, uh, let's see what the presence of God did for a couple people. Listen to this. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, And perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled. They were astonished. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Peter and John. They... They hung out with Jesus. They were, you could say, as we would say today, they hung out in the presence of God. And the Pharisees marveled. They were astonished. The, 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 those who were stuck in dead religion were just astonished. They said, wait a minute. I know who these guys are. They're uneducated. They're untrained. But look at a minister. Look at the boldness on them. Why? Because hanging out with Jesus, hanging out, you could say, in the presence of God, which we all have that opportunity to do on this earth, it caused their God-given purpose to rise up on the inside of them. I'm telling you, I, I cannot overemphasize this enough. One of the missing ingredients is people in the body of Christ, not spending time in the manifest presence of God. Spending time in the presence of God will bypass all earthly wisdom and cause others to marvel at you when they see, when they hear the Holy Spirit flowing through you. Do you realize how much that God has entrusted to the church, to the body of Christ? The kingdom of God, the power of God, a message and anointing that is powerful enough to set the captives free from Satan's grip for eternity. We have full access to the same spirit, to the same Holy Ghost that raised Jesus from the dead. The same Holy Ghost that anointed him in his earthly ministry. Jesus is and was God, but he ministered as a man on this earth as our example. 
Are you hearing me? We have full access to the all-powerful name of Jesus. At the sound of the name of Jesus, Satan, demon, sickness, disease, and bondage must bow and flee. We have all of the resources of heaven on our side as we advance the kingdom of God with a pure heart. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Notice, something first has to take place on the earth before anything moves from heaven. You, child of God, have that authority. What are you going through today? What kind of a trial are you going through today? What's, what kind of sickness and infirmity and bondage is, is attacking your life, attacking your body, attacking your children, attacking your marriage, attacking your ministry? Use the name of Jesus in faith. I'm telling you right now, everything in the spirit realm knows the name of Jesus. And not only do they know it, but they must respond to it when it is spoken in faith. Are you hearing me? To set God free in your life, to move and power through you, you must take it back to the basics. You need to come to the realization that maybe some of your beliefs in your belief system is not in line with the word of God, which is the will of God. Now, even myself, I've come to the realization that the more I learn, the more I, I, I realize how much more there is to learn. Are you, I mean, it, it's, it's so deep. God, he is so deep. His kingdom is so deep. And he gives us the invitation to go after him, to seek more wisdom, more understanding from him. What a privilege. Are you taking advantage of that? When you come to realize, to the realization that, that you are at maybe ankle deep water, spiritually speaking, then you're ready to go deeper with him. Because if you think you're up over your head already, well, then... You know, you think, well, wow, I've made it. There's nothing more to learn. Wrong. There's so much more to learn. One of the biggest hindrances of going deeper with the Holy Spirit is pride. And in that pride, that, my friend, is where your comfort zone lies. Because I was raised that way. It was always that way. That's how my pastor always taught it. You know, I, maybe, just maybe, entertain this, maybe those individuals were wrong. That's why it's so important not to ride the faith strings of other individuals in the body of Christ, but to have your own. You have a responsibility because guess what, my friend? On Judgment Day, God's not going to look at your list of people that you're holding on to their faith strings. No, no, it comes down to your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and what you have done 
personally. Let me throw something out here at you. How would you handle seeing miracles, signs, and wonders that don't make sense to your natural mind or what you're used to? How would you handle seeing a person manifest a demon in your cozy little church and that demon getting cast out and that person being set free? Would that make you feel a little uncomfortable? Or how would you feel to see a prostitute uh, walk into your classy church? Would you judge her based on her outward appearance or see her through the eyes of her creator that loves her with an everlasting love? Just that was food for thought right there. See, you will never see the power of God manifest in your life without this one characteristic. Are you ready for this? A holy dissatisfaction. A holy dissatisfaction. There should be a cry in your heart, in your spirit, that says, God, there has got to be more. I want more of you. Use me in a greater way than how you're using me now. Friends, there must be a holy dissatisfaction on the inside of you. There, has, there, there needs to be a spiritual hunger and a desire for more of God that overtakes any, anything and everything in your life. Any person that ever did anything meaningful for God and his kingdom was willing to pay any price for more of the presence, more of the power of God in their life. Listen, sacrifice is entry-level Christianity, self-sacrifice, giving things up for the kingdom of God, giving worldly things up for more of him. That, my friend, is entry-level Christianity. Again, any person that ever did anything meaningful for God and his kingdom was willing to pay any price for more of his presence, more of his power. It was a consuming desire that drove them to their knees, to press into God as if their very life depended on it. It was those people and is those people that they rip a spiritual veil and tapped into the realm of the spirit that few people were willing to go and pay the price for. I'm talking about self-sacrifice, how to set God free through you. How many listening to me have a desire to break through into the realm of the spirit where your spiritual eyes are open to see the angels of God at work in a situation? And we're accomplishing the impossible is normal. Friend, I'm telling you, we need to go deeper. God is so willing to give it to us. He's just saying, come on, come on, press in, press in, press in more. Come on, press in. Are you willing? One of the first steps to, to flow in the supernatural, I'll tell you right now, is receiving the Holy Spirit baptism. 
there's th- the Bible speaks of three baptisms being receiving Christ, being baptized into the body of Christ, being placed into the body of Christ. Number two, water baptism. Water baptism is for those who can make their own decision to follow Christ, their own decision to be baptized. Infant baptism is not biblical. And number three, there is what the Bible calls the Holy Spirit baptism. Even Jesus received the Holy Spirit baptism. When he was water baptized, he came out, and the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. And my friend, listen to me. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God himself, when he was walking on this earth as a man, he did not do one miracle until the Holy Spirit came upon him. That is the Holy Spirit baptism. Receiving the Holy Spirit baptism qualifies you to to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. When you got born again, the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you in your spirit, man. Does some rearranging of the furniture (laughs) spiritually. And you became born again, but the Holy Ghost baptism is when he comes upon you, immerses you with himself, with his power. Are you hearing me? Praying in tongues is a benefit for all those Christians that have received the Holy Spirit baptism. Every every Holy Ghost baptized Christian has the ability to pray in tongues. Don't confuse the gift of tongues with praying in tongues. The gift of tongues is is a gift of the Spirit used in a public assembly. Praying in tongues is between you and God, where you do not need an interpreter. Are you hearing me? It's so easy to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. Ask him. Ask him. He said he would give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. He's talking about the Holy Spirit baptism. Say, Heavenly Father, fill me, immerse me, baptize me with your Holy Spirit. I want to walk in the fullness of your power. In fact, it was so important to Jesus. He said, he said to the people, he said, go to this upper room and wait for the promise of the Father, the Holy Ghost. Don't even leave this upper room. Don't even, don't, don't, don't even go tell anyone about me yet. Go in this upper room and wait for the Holy Ghost baptism to receive the power to be a witness for me. So we have a lot of Christians running around that have uh, the authority, but they don't have the power. And then they end up falling flat on their face. Are you hearing me? The Holy Spirit baptism is one of the gateways to flowing in the supernatural power of God. See, once you receive the Holy Spirit baptism, you need to get out of the upper room. We have too many Holy Ghost baptized Christians that are still hanging out in the upper room instead of getting out of the four walls and making a difference, being a mover and shaker on this earth. Get out of the upper room, and you need to be willing. Listen to me. Get out of the upper room, and you need to be willing to look like a fool 
to the world. You don't think Jesus looked like a fool to to the the people that he was ministering around, how he was out ministering and, and the things that he said? Are you kidding me? If Jesus was persecuted, you, my friend, will be persecuted also. The Word of God says that all that will live godly on this earth will suffer persecution. Are you hearing me? It's like it's like these Christians in the seeker-sensitive movement and, and all these Christians are always trying to prove Jesus wrong on that point. Oh, I can I can be a, a Christian and and not be persecuted. No, 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 no. It's just not possible. And I'll tell you why. Because Jesus said you will be persecuted. And I don't know about you, but I'm not gonna I'm gonna take Jesus aside over you. Are you hearing me? See, the seeker-sensitive movement is nothing more than bringing people, listen, in the military to boot camp, training them up, and sending them into battle with no weapons. That is what the seeker-sensitive movement is doing. And so many Christians are getting their butts kicked because they're not equipped for the battle that is raging on this earth. And I'll be back in a moment. And I am live from Clarkston, Michigan, pulling down strongholds, sowing seed in the hearts of man from the word of God. I'm talking about how to set God free. What do I mean by that? How to set God free through you. Now, listen to me. This last segment of the Revival Now broadcast, I want you to pay very close attention to because the Holy Spirit 
gave me some revelation, some understanding, some illumination to share about a very important topic. But I want to carry on from where I left off, and I'll get there in a moment. Listen to me. Boldness is a missing ingredient in the lives of many Christians these days. Boldness is an invitation to the Holy Spirit to have his way through you. Let me say that one more time. Boldness is an invitation to the Holy Spirit to have his way through you. Let me tell you something. When I stepped out with boldness to minister, the anointing increases on me for the mission. On the other side of the coin, when I'm fearful, timid, and I hold back, I'm telling you, I fall flat on my face. One of the first characteristics that people recognized about Jesus was his authority that he walked in and spoke in and his boldness. Are you hearing me? He didn't speak as the scribes with philosophy, vain philosophy, vain words, but he spoke with the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was given to the church, the 120 left the upper room with boldness. They let the Holy Spirit have his way. Boldness is an invitation to the Holy Spirit to have his way. Many people, many people made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life because the 120 allowed the Holy Spirit to be set free and flow through them. Whenever the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering through an individual, there will always be a boldness, an authority, an anointing that is attached to it, that, that is yoke-destroying, bondage-breaking, not filled with empty words, but they're power-packed words. We need to set God free through us. Allow him to flow through us. Don't hold him back. We are his body. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are his mouthpiece on this earth. Don't hold back. Your faith in unbelief. Listen, I'm going to switch gears here now and start to talk about something that the Holy Spirit really illuminated to me. Your faith, your unbelief, will determine what you are meditating on. I want to talk about the importance now of the thought life in the releasing, how to set God free through you. Romans 10.17 says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So true faith can only be produced in your spirit, man, and thought life from hearing the word of God. The Logos, the written word. And Rhema, the spoken word. If you are not hearing and feeding on the word of God, it's not pure faith. There's not a firm foundation for your faith. Because true faith is spiritual. It's not a natural or fleshly mind thing. Are you hearing me? According to the word of God in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man cannot receive anything that has to do with the Spirit of God. True faith is spiritual because it bypasses our natural thinking. It bypasses human wisdom. True faith, come on, is supernatural. It's spiritual. I want to give you a key to the kingdom in connection with your thought life that will change your life. 
If you have your Bibles, go to Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8. I'm telling you, the whole <laughs> this this was so powerful. I, I taught this at the uh, Detroit re, last Detroit revival experience. It rocked my world when the Holy Ghost gave it to me. Listen to this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. See, we are commanded to meditate on the Word of God day and night. And part of the meditation process is to allow the Word of God to come out of your mouth. Verbalize it. Speak it. We are told to do that so we will become doers of the Word. Meditating on the Word will cause you to become a doer of the Word. It's hiding the Word of God in your heart that you might not sin against God. So number one, meditating on the Word will cause us to remember the Word. To picture ourselves doing the Word and then obey the Word. And, and next, because of our obedience, we will have good success. See, it's impossible. It is impossible not, uh, to obey the Word and not have success. It's impossible. Godly success. One thing I want to point out about meditation, biblical meditation, is the role of the imagination. You ready for this? Many times this part is left out of the teachings of biblical meditation that I believe is a key to the body of Christ for walking in the power of God. And, and trust me, I believe the enemy wants to keep this truth hidden from the body of Christ. Go to Isaiah chapter 26. I only have 10 minutes left. Isaiah 26. This, my friend, will rock your world. I'm telling you right now. Isaiah 26.3 says this, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Now, I want to point something out in that verse. The word that's translated mind from the Hebrew is a different Hebrew word that's used in other uh, parts of the Old Testament that's translated mind. This Hebrew word that's been translated mind literally means this, creative imagination. So what is God trying to tell us? He's trying to tell us to use his word, to use our imagination for godly and holy purposes. Take a promise in the word and see or imagine yourself, picture yourself walking in it, living in that promise. If it's in the Word of God, it's fair game to meditate on. Friend, let me tell you, you don't believe me that meditating on something is, is not powerful? Well, let me tell you this. Adultery just does not happen. It first happened in your mind, in your meditation process. You think someone who has committed a crime, committed a murder? Friend, that did not just happen. They thought it in their mind. They meditated on that thing, and then it came to pass. Let me point something else out to you. The Holy Ghost showed me. This is powerful. The Word of God says that Jesus only did the things that he seen 
his father doing. Well, listen to me. He didn't see it with his natural eyes. Where did Jesus see it? He's seen it on the inside of his spirit or in the imagination realm. He allowed his imagination realm to be a canvas for the Holy Spirit to paint pictures on. And that, my friend, is where Jesus seen his father doing something, and then he did it too. Are you hearing me? Again, Jesus did not see it with his physical eye. There is a godly purpose for our imagination. Our imagination, the imagination realm, that God created it. In fact, most many of the visions that people receive are in the imagination realm. That's how the Holy Ghost works with me and works with many uh, Christians. Probably most Christians. There's different kinds of visions, but most are on, on the movie screen of your imagination. Are you hearing me? The imagination is not evil. God is saying, use your imagination to meditate, to picture yourself doing my word. I guarantee you, most of you have never thought of that before with the imagination. I truly believe this is a key that God is revealing to us, that the enemy wants to keep us from. If there's a promise in the Word of God, it is fair game to meditate on. Are you sick? Imagine yourself. Take a promise in the Word and imagine yourself healed. See yourself healed. Is there another situation you're going through? Pull a promise in the Word of God and see, your, see yourself prospering in that situation, coming out of that situation. Use your imagination for godly purposes. Take David and Goliath. I would guarantee you that David imagined, seen in, in the imagination realm, seen himself killing that giant in his imagination before it actually happened. Or how about the 12 spies that were sent into the promised land? Ten came back with an evil report, and two, Joshua and Caleb, came back and said that we can do it regardless of the giants in the land. I guarantee you the ten could not see themselves in that land. They could not see themselves defeating the giants. But my friend Joshua and Caleb, they seen it on the inside. Are you hearing me? They could see it on the inside. They allowed their faith. Their faith in the Word of God to dictate their imagination. They've seen it. And my question is for you, what do you see on the inside? Are you allowing your imagination to be a canvas for Satan and demonic spirits? Or are you allowing the Word of God, the Holy Ghost, to use your imagination as a canvas? Allow Him, allow the Holy Ghost to paint a picture of your future and your hope that He has waiting for you. Are you hearing me? Do not give access any longer to Satan and evil spirits to your imagination realm. Meditate on the Word of God. Picture the Word of God. See yourself living the Word of God. Picture yourself healing the sick. Picture yourself casting out devils. Friend, and I guarantee you, it won't be long until you start doing it. Our mind is the battlefield. That's where the enemy blasts fiery darts of doubt, unbelief. He wants to paint a picture in your imagination that you will meditate on and that you will live out. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 8. Oh, my. I don't know what else uh, you can – I mean, this is a, a wonderful passage to back this up. 
I'm telling you, this re- this revelation is from the Holy Ghost. Look at this, Philippians 4, 8. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report or in line with the word of God. If there's any virtue, if, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. What's he saying? He's saying picture yourself walking. Picture yourself living out the word in your imagination realm, and it shall come to pass. What giant do you have standing in your way? See that giant being slayed. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Meditate on the positive things, on the godly things. What you see on the inside is what you're going to get. I'm telling you, friend, this is a key for you to walk in victory. You need to take hold of it. You need to walk in it. I'm telling you, I guarantee you the imagination realm, most people just think, oh, the imagination realm, that's just evil. No, it isn't. God created it, and he created it. With a purpose, and the purpose is to use it in connection with the meditating on the Word of God and to see yourself walking and living in victory and fulfilling the will of God. Third uh, John chapter two says, "Beloved, I pray that you may prosper and be uh, prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions, your mind." The imagination realm. The only way for your soul to prosper is to renew it with the word of God. And as you renew it with the word of God, you start thinking God thoughts. What am I talking about? Promises in the word. I'm taking it back to that. I'm telling you, it is such a key. And when you start doing that, you I'm telling you, you will set God free to flow through you in power. You will see your ministry. You will see your purpose rise up like never before. I'm prophesying it to you right now in the name of Jesus. So start getting into the word. And now every time you start reading the word, I'm telling you, this is what I want you to do. I don't want you just to picture those people that did it. I want you to put yourself and picture yourself walking in it, walking in the miracle signs and wonders. Are you hearing me? That is what we need to start to do. Change your thinking and watch the Holy Spirit move through you. Daydream about doing the word. Daydream about healing the sick. Daydream about casting out demons and setting the captives free. Daydream about having every need met in your life. You will, I'm telling you, you will set him free to flow through you and his power and watch his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm telling you, you need to get to our conferences. Detroit, Michigan area, Sunday, May 24th, 7 p.m., Rochester Hills, Los Angeles area, Sunday morning, April 21st, 9 a.m., Santa Ana, California. Mayville area, Extreme Glory and Fire Conference, Saturday night, May 4th, 6 p.m., Marianne Marsh and myself. We're going to be igniting a fire in the hearts of every individual that come to that place. I'm telling you right now, you need to get there. You need to be there. Place yourself in an environment that is going to rock your world and cause the power of God to rise up on the inside of you. Rise up, church. 
start meditating on the word of God and living it out. I'll be back next time. God bless. Ignite Revival.